Most of us at one time or another try a sport, but only a tiny fraction become so good that we call them elite, the best of the best. Most get there through an incredible work ethic that starts as a child and usually dominates their young lives, often at the expense of their education and social lives. For most, the blood, sweat, and tears results in just a few years at the top of that mountain. What then? Have these elite athletes prepared for life after the glory? This podcast celebrates the lives of these elite athletes through conversation stories and a few laughs along the way. And now your hosts, Lucy Sang and Gary Stern. Welcome to After the Glory. This is Gary Stern along with my co-host Lucy Sang. Uh, and uh, we are joined today by one of those elite athletes who is identified as much with a moment as any athlete uh, in the world of sports there are those times when uh, a moment happens and it rather defines the athlete whether it's joe carter or carlton fisk in baseball bobby thompson from 1951 uh, christian leitner in the world of basketball something that happens that defines that individual uh, for good or ill but generally for good and today we have the wonderful tyus edney from the 1995 UCLA National Championship basketball team, uh, and now a longtime coach, um, assistant coach with the uh, uh, with the UCLA Bruins, uh, a Bruin through and through, and it is an honor and a privilege to have Mr. Tyus Edney with us. Tyus, welcome to After the Glory. Thanks for having me. Tyus, uh, basketball is not a sport one would in- immediately associate with you because you're you're somebody who's sort of a normal height uh, compared to many um and yet obviously basketball became your life um did basketball come to you did you go to basketball how did it all start for you i had an older brother and um he's two years older than me and so i kind of i basically started young because he was i think he was six and i was four and so my dad was and my parents were like, just, just put them in there together. <laughs> so um, we had a little court in the back, so I was familiar with basketball. And so um, I guess that, you know, I, I was my skill level was was up to par enough to play with the, the kids my brother's age. So that, that's kind of what got me started. Um, but I remember always liking, liking to play basketball. And, and um, you know, not that we did other sports too, but, like, you know, basketball was always the one that, when did it get serious? Um, I'd say probably before, right before high school. Um, like I said, I had an older brother too, so I watched him. And we we went to uh, Long Beach Poly High School, so I remember watching him play with the um, with those guys, and I remember just looking at them like uh, like man, these guys are like superheroes. You know, they were tall, they were big, strong, and and so I was like, uh, well. If I'm going to step into that, I better I better get myself ready. So I, I think that's when it got a little bit more serious for me. So, Tyus, for most people who play basketball as a pastime, you know, we really don't think that we're going to get professional. Did Did you ever think that you were ever you were going to pursue collegiate basketball and even go professional, or or was basketball just one of those things that you know it's a daily thing, but not necessarily what's what would be the rest of your life you know i i thought i think i was one that um 
I always seem to focus on like the next level at like at the time. So when I was junior high, I was you know thinking, oh, I got to get ready for high school. When I was high school, and um, I started really kind of started having a little more success with high school, and it's like, all right, I got to get ready for college. And so my whole focus really was like, let me try to do the best that I can and, and just help my team win at, at that level. So um, I honestly didn't really start thinking. I mean, I mean, yeah, I thought about, yeah, I want to play in the NBA one day, but it wasn't a focus goal of mine. It was like, well, you know, I, I'm just trying to do well on the level that I am. And so probably not really till my senior year when that time came. It's like, uh, well, we got the NBA coming now, so I, I better get ready for that. So. So you mentioned Long Beach Poly, and obviously most folks who are in tune with high school athletics and college athletics know Long Beach Poly very well. Tell us a little more about your experience there. So I um, was uh, I was actually fortunate a little bit in high school um, because my sophomore year, uh, well, we actually started um, – in 10th grade back back then so that was my like my you know my being a young guy on on the I got to play varsity and JV and then I had the fortune of being able to play for a coach named uh, Ron Palmer who was a legendary coach at Poly and he came back um, to the school to coach so um, having him and and he he's and you know I, I don't want to I'm not saying he is Wooden, but like for Polly and for that program, he was kind of like the John Wooden of coming back. You know, it'd be like Wooden coming back to coach. And so I was fortunate to be able to be coached by him, and um, he really helped me develop and be ready for the next level. Well, Tyus, you uh, invoked the name of the, the legendary uh, coach, uh, John Wooden, who uh, coached his last game. Uh, winning the national championship in 1975. Of course, your great championship season was 20 years later. But I'm curious in the recruiting process in, in, in deciding on UCLA, did the specter of Coach Wooden still matter back then when you were recruited? I, I think it did. I mean, I think we everyone knew that UCLA, UCLA was associated with championships and, and Coach Wooden and just him being a legendary coach and, and um, basically creating the culture of, of basketball at UCLA. So I do remember that was as that being you know part of just the whole the the, the draw I guess to to want to play at UCLA and and then even you know growing up in LA and and that. UCLA was kind of like my school of choice that I always like to watch and look up to. Um, so yeah, that that was definitely part of the part of a, the decision and, and, a, and a major factor for sure. Well, we're going to talk about the UCLA days, some of the greatest uh, days of basketball uh, in the history of sport. Um, and uh, of course, you have two UCLA alums from 1977 and 2012 hosting After the Glory. We'll talk about the days at UCLA when we come back on After the Glory. This is Gary Stern with Lucy Singh and our special guest, Tyus Edney. This is Daryl Wayne here to talk to you about the co-creator and co-host of After the Glory, Woodland Hills lawyer Gary Stern. 
when Gary's not talking to elite athletes, you can usually find him doing what he's been doing for almost 45 years, navigating the world of government. As a college student and young professional, Gary helped folks deal with federal and state agencies through his work as a caseworker with a local congressman and state senator. That work prepared Gary for a career as a consumer lawyer. Today, Gary still helps people in all walks of life, but his passion nowadays is his service as a mediator, mostly in cases like the ones he's been handling for over four decades, where people have been injured in accidents or in connection with their employment. You can learn more about Stern Law, the law offices of Gary N. Stern at his website, www.sternlaw.org, that's S-T-E-R-N. Or you can call him at 818-710-2717, that's 818-710-2717. University Credit Union has been providing a financial edge to members for 70 years. Now you can earn more with University Credit Union. Earn up to 5% APY with a university checking account for the banking you already do. Save more when you switch your deposits and loans to University Credit Union. Bank with your brain. Visit ucu.org to join today. Federally insured by NCUA. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back on After the Glory. This is Lucy Sang with my partner Gary Stern with our special guest, Tyus Edney. Tyus, we are in the midst of talking about your transition from Long Beach Poly to UCLA, the beautiful place of Westwood that Gary and I obviously align to very well as well. Tell us about your experience at, in Westwood as a student athlete, but also just in the big city of Westwood. Uh, so it was, uh, it was an, like a, an amazing transition. I just remember my first time walking on campus. and um, It's funny because we actually started a program. It was called FSP and um, I met a lot of my friends just throughout my whole college time, and I remember, like, I don't think not one of them knew I was playing basketball just because <laughs> I just looked like a normal guy walking around, and and then half of them didn't believe me when I was like, yeah, I am on the team, so <laughs> uh, I thought that was pretty funny. That was my start, and then it was like, wait, he was telling the truth. <laughs> so You're um, not just on yeah, the team, I think, Tyus. I think people realize that eventually, huh? <laughs> uh, but you know that's kind of normal just you know like you were saying earlier so I'm just I look like a normal not a basketball player so um, well you know Tyus yeah, that, that raises an interesting question about basketball I think generally uh, for a guy who is six foot six foot one out on the court you have to develop a skill set that uh, compensates for that obviously yours was speed and and ball handling, um, but tell us about the challenges of playing a big man's game at a normal size, and and how you conquered those challenges to become one of the best that UCLA's ever had. You know, I think uh, I, I was telling you guys how I, I started young, and so when I my whole basketball experience was looking up to to people bigger and older than me, <laughs> so. Um, that's kind of how I learned to play. I mean, I, I it's it's weird that my and my actually my family laughs that whenever I would play against, like I played against Bugsy and like you know guys like that, and whenever I play against guys like that are smaller than me, I struggle because it's like I'm not used to that. <laughs> I'm like, what am I gonna do with this little guy? So, um, yeah, like that. That's just how I learned to to play. 
Elias, are you telling us that Muggsy Bogues crossed over on you after all the times that you did it to others? <laughs> yeah, I was. I, I don't know if you remember how how Magic was like six nine, and he would bring the ball up and just put his back to the little guys. I felt yeah, oh, like yeah. I was doing that with Muggsy. Like, oh my God, if I cross in front of this guy, he's going to steal it. So. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, you, you were on three three years starter at UCLA, 92, 93, 93, 94, 94, 95. Um, tell us about your coaches. I, obviously, Jim Herrick was the national championship coach. Um, tell us about your other coaches and the, influ- the influence they had on you at UCLA. Uh, I, I just really – I remember um, spending a lot of time with uh, Coach Romar. He is He was – uh, our our assistant, he was a point guard. He played in the NBA, and I just remember, just I mean, just soaking up everything that he told me. And he really helped to, um, you know, like you, like I was saying, how each level you have to try to get prepare yourself for the next level. And I think that he did a great job of helping me prepare for, you know, playing at that next level, to where just the just the way you think the game, just the way you know, expectations and just how help it's running a team and just, you know, understanding situations, just all that all that stuff. I think he was it was really influential with that. So I, I really appreciate what him helping me, you know, develop and get ready for the next level. And Tyus, as you share about your experience being a student athlete and, you know, being mentored by your coaches, can can I ask if you ever thought that you would end up being in that role that you are in now. You know, I didn't think about the coaching side probably till my last couple of years playing playing pro. Um, I know, you know, as you get older as a player, you start seeing the younger guys come in, and the next thing you know, you, you're like teaching them and helping them, and 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 then you start seeing them have success with stuff, and and um, it was I enjoyed that. You know, I enjoyed trying to help younger players get better and um, and improve so um, that's kind of that kind of drew me to to um, start looking into coaching before we get to the uh, coaching in our next segment Tyus uh, every one of our listeners who's a basketball fan of course knows about the 4.8 full court dash and I suspect that by now you have been asked every question under the sun about that great moment uh, against Missouri uh, on the way to the championship. What what question has never been asked of you regarding that moment, uh, whether it's the strategy late leading up to it, whether it's perhaps you said to Coach Herrick, are you kidding? There's no way I can make that fast. What if somebody gets in the way? What question have you not been asked about that great moment in sports history? Maybe the question they didn't ask is, did I – would I anticipate that Bob Myers, who's now the Warriors GM, would be the one that picked me up on, like, you know, the, I guess it was a, the photo on Sports Illustrated or whatever, but he, would he be the one that, picked, that I thought would pick me up on Celebration or something? I don't know. I, like, I yeah. Well, <laughs> the, the, the interesting thing about that moment, of course, is the planning for it. Um, was there any discussion in the huddle that this just ain't possible? This just ain't possible to get to the basket in 4.8 seconds from backcourt. Because unlike the pros, you don't get to move the ball up to the half-court line. Uh, tell, tell us about the huddle. 
uh, w was there any doubt? Um, no, you know the thing that I think we all uh, remember, and I'm sure all the guys would say this, is like how, I don't know if Coach Herrick was um, nervous or upset, but he was, he gave the impression like he was not worried at all. And so um, I feel like we all, like our walk back to the huddle was, was a long walk, but I think when we got there, and I think we saw how calm and just, you know, relaxed as he seemed. <laughs> uh, I think we all kind of, you know, just took a breath and then it was like, okay. And then he, he you know, he said he, he knew we would have enough time to get down there and he instructed the ball to go to me. And and then he pulled me aside after we broke out. He's like, you understand what I'm saying, right? I want you <laughs> to shoot the ball. <laughs> because every other game before that, it's past the head, you know, so... <laughs> Um, so, Tyus, did, did you understand uh -huh. what he was saying? I did. And you made it happen. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, probably in the, in the back of my mind, and then I had Ed yelling at me to give, give him the ball. So I was, it was still kind of like, <laughs> all right, Ed is an option, so let me, maybe I need to locate him. <laughs> so, when we come back on After the Glory, we will talk about that transition from collegiate athletics to professional athletics and back and staying in the life of basketball. When we come back on After the Glory, this is Lucy Sang with Gary Stern and our special guest, Tyus Edney. Hey, this is Lucy Sang from Resiliency Coaching. I am a certified mental performance coach focused on working with athletes transitioning into life after the glory days of sports. I help like-minded people become high performers and thrive in all areas of life. My goal is to serve as your accountability partner and offer different perspectives as you make tough decisions. Learn more about me on Instagram at resiliency underscore coaching, R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-T-S-E-E -E -E underscore coaching. And thanks for tuning in to After the Glory. Role models, they can make all the difference. In our world today, they have never been more important. One of the nation's most successful mentoring organizations is Jewish Big Brothers Big Sisters of Los Angeles. Their mission is to assist youth in achieving their full potential through innovative and impactful programs. And no nonprofit agency does it better. Jewish Big Brothers Big Sisters of LA serves Jewish children, boys and girls in our local community with a mentoring program that's been going strong since 1915. That's only the beginning. This nationally known agency owns and operates Camp Bob Waldorf. Its summer camping and weekend retreat programs enrich the lives of youth throughout greater Los Angeles. Then there's a college support program, and last but not least, work that helps kids all over the world through the Teen Talk app. Want to learn more? Go to jbbbsla.org. Donate. Get involved. There's no better way to make a difference. Raise your game to a higher degree. Educating industry professionals since 1991, the University of San Francisco has established itself as one of the leading sport management master's programs in the world. Our locations in San Francisco and Orange County give students access to two of the largest sport markets. Earn a master's degree in 23 months from industry-leading faculty and join a community of over 2,500 alumni and students. Learn more and apply today at usfca.edu forward slash SM. Go Dons!
Back on After the Glory, this is Lucy Sang with our co-host Gary Stern on After the Glory. We are here with Tyus Edney and we're wrapping up this episode with just our theme of season three on social activism and, and particularly with Tyus's experience, not just as an athlete himself, but being in a role of mentoring athletes as a coach, but even off the court too. Tyus, tell us a little bit about your transition from being a professional athlete and coming back into sports in a different role as a coach. What was that like for you? Um, that was, it was it, it was different. You know, I think you 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 are coached for such a long time, and then um, you you come back and like you you're like I have to you know learn how to relate to um, this this um, age of of, of um, young athletes, and I think that. Uh, you know, I, obviously things have changed, and so um, just, just seeing just the way that you have to coach now, and just you have to learn how to talk to them, and it kind of helped just you know being teammates with younger guys, so you can kind of relate to them in, in terms of that stuff. But um, uh, it, it, it was fun. I mean, I think it was a challenge. It's challenging, but at the same time, I think you you grow as a person and. And uh, you learn a lot about how to get the most out of guys. Tyus, what 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 do you think was the um, is the biggest difference in the athlete of today in college as opposed to when you were in school in terms of what, the the demands on their time or the, the the demands from their community of being role models, anything like that? How is it different today than it was when you played? Um. I, I think you just kind of can compare a little bit to just the changes in technology. I mean, uh, just access um, to the to the athletes nowadays, uh, social media, um, just I guess the NBA even because uh, at this level, you know, guys are, they all want to play in the NBA. So just the popularity and the the um, growth of the NBA. Um, there's a lot of factors, you know. You have the AAU. Um, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have AAU basketball, like youth basketball. Um, sure. The that's grown tremendously, and, and you know, the, where the importance of that has sometimes been even more than high school, which was different from when when I was playing. So, I mean, you have a lot of factors that um, come up that the, the athlete nowadays, and then I think it's even more. They play more, just even at this level, they they're it's pretty much year-round. I mean, they, it's like, wait, they get two weeks off and they're back with us? You know? <laughs> right. So it's, uh, it's it's demanding. It's demanding. So, uh, you know, I, I think you you have to consider all those things when you're, when you're coaching them. And, and Tyus, what about, um, of course, to a theme of our podcast, life after the glory, or maybe in this case, outside of the glory days of basketball, are, how was your experience as a student athlete and you know life off of the court for versus for our students nowadays um you know i, I think that uh, just as a, as a student athlete um you're you kind of in a bubble <laughs> and so uh, once you're outside that bubble and then let's say you get to the pro ranks it's it's a little bit of a shock and it's similar to, uh, like you guys were saying earlier, when an athlete finishes their career, 
much the last, I don't know, 20 something, 30 whatever years. And so now what, where, where am I going to go now? What direction will I go in? And so, um, that's, that's something that I think every athlete faces. Like, like you said earlier, you know, they're not going to have crowds yelling at them. Some, some, um, athletes, you know, get, get out of the sport completely and some stay in it and go into coaching. So, um, yeah, I think I think all those experiences just through college and then that transition of pros and then from the pros just to the transition into the next professional life is is um is something that continues to be a challenge, you know, but uh you know, you just try to navigate the best you can. You know, Tyus, there's two really important questions I want to ask before we wrap up today. The first is 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 really quite a simple one, which is the U.S. Supreme Court has just issued a ruling that's going to fundamentally change uh, the NCAA and basketball and, and the student-athlete experience. Um, what do you see on the horizon as far as uh, education-related payments to athletes, which are now pretty much opened up by the Supreme Court ruling? Uh, how do you see it changing recruiting? What are your thoughts about uh, at least your first reaction to what has happened to this uh, nation now with the NCAA and the uh, Supreme Court ruling? Um, I, I, you know, it's, I think everyone since this started to, to come out is trying to predict, like, what's going to happen. <laughs> and I, I just, you know, out here, I just joke, but I'm like, it's going to be like the Wild West out here. Like, you know, I don't, <laughs> it can go anywhere. Um, but I, I think it's, it's definitely going to change the scope of college athletics. Um, and I'm not saying for the worse, it may be for the better. Um, because I, I think, you know, the, just like everything else has grown, just like technology has changed, I think college sports has grown and is now on another level to where um, it's a major industry, it's a major, you know, uh, influencer. I mean, it's, it's, I think now it, it's just kind of a change with the time. I mean, um, and I and I hope that once things settle and once I, I think you will we'll see a lot of just random rules coming up here and there. I mean, just like the NCAA rule book changes every year, uh, the book seems to keep getting bigger and bigger. But um, there is just going to have to change with the times and and kind of kind of see how it goes. I think it's going to be kind of exciting just to see what direction people go in because. Um, you know, it's kind of going to be who who's the most creative in terms of taking advantage of, of you know, the new uh, or, or lessening of rules. Well, I tell you what, you know, it, 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 it has been a, uh, a, a great journey uh, as, as, as a fan to watch you um, and, and, and the, the, the great work you did both in college, but then all those years uh, sitting there on the uh, sidelines for some great UCLA basketball teams. And now I know you're in the athletic department uh, making a difference uh, for, the, uh, for the alumni and, uh, and the fans of UCLA. Tyus Sedney, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, and uh, best of luck to you in the coming year. Um, and uh, any last words before we start off today? Thanks, thanks for the questions. Um, took me down memory lane a little bit, so I, I appreciate that. And it's good to hear from you both. Go thank Bruins! You very, uh, thank you very All much, Tyus. Right, uh, and uh, uh, but that wraps up this episode. Lucy and I hope you enjoyed this edition of After the Glory. As we leave you until next time, we want to thank our team. Our producer Mark Allen 
executive producer from Podclips, Mike Anderson, and our sound engineer and editor, the insane Daryl Wayne. We are also grateful for music by T. Dan Hofstede. And as we close out this episode of After the Glory, we honor our guest with our theme song, written and sung by my brother in baseball, T. Dan, the master of music from the islands and the slack key guitar. Until next time, stay safe, healthy, and athletic. Living the dream on a shooting star. Hometown crowd cheering what you are. Living large and riding high. Razzling and dazzling across the sky. Back in the day, so young and strong. Work or play, you can do no wrong. But when that ride is through. your story, what you gonna do after the glory, step back and take inventory, checking out new territory, not every day will be congratulatory, hopefully you're still revelatory, come on down and tell your story.